0: My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. I'm always asking you to meditate on God's Word, and this week I've been meditating on God and His Word inspired by a simple yet profound and beautiful song by Holland titled In Awe. I cannot escape the idea that we don't know how to be in awe truly in awe of God and we live in a very irreverent society tradition and honor dignity and proper conduct all that has been tossed out it's it's called old-fashioned and irrelevant but then out with that goes our respect for God and others which by the way is not God's way. You know Hebrews 12:14 says, "Strive for peace with everyone and for holiness, without which no one will see the Lord." He wants us to have that connection with others and that connection with Him, and part of that is that respect and that honor that we've tossed out is irrelevant. In fact, we're going to use the tail end of chapter 12 as of, of Hebrews as our jumping off point this week, but first, let's listen. Can't speak so close Gosh, I had a hard time this week. I was all over the map until I picked up a new resource that my bestie Liz told me about. Jen Wilkin released her new book in 2016. It's called None Like Him, 10 Ways God is Different from Us and Why That's a Good Thing. And I have recommended Jen's last book, Women of the Word, How to Study the Bible with Both Our Hearts and Our Minds. It's so, so good. And I know that it's written to women, but it wasn't so overly girly that men wouldn't greatly benefit from its teaching as well. But Liz was telling me about this chapter in None Like Him that had her really thinking. You see, the book describes characteristics of God that are His alone. Because we are made in God's image, there are traits of God that can also be true of us. For example, God is loving, and we can be loving. God is merciful, and we can be merciful. Uh, God is wise, and we can be wise. But there are also traits that are His alone. You see, only God is infinite, incomprehensible, self-existent, self-sufficient, eternal, eternal, immutable omnipresent omniscient and on- omnipotent and Jens book seeks to explore those traits of god and how it should impact us like once we understand how truly uh incomprehensible god is it should impact the way that we relate to him and so liz was really rolling this idea of god being self sufficient around in her mind this week and, and so we've been talking a little bit about that and she's been sharing some of her thoughts and of course i had been listening to this week's song on repeat, and I'd been reading God's word. I had um, an idea of where I was going to go, but it all came together when I picked up the book myself, and the chorus of our song says, I'm living in awe. You don't need me at all. But you couldn't love me more. And Jen speaks directly to this idea in her chapter on God's trait of self-sufficiency. Even in Acts chapter 17, it says, The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. Now the key point that Jen Wilkin makes over and over in her book is that we tend to get confused. You see we think because we can we can display certain traits of God that we can embody all of God's traits and we are mistaken. <laughs> For example, we will never come to the end of our knowledge of God, but we are fully knowable by him and we think we're self-sufficient. But only God is self-sufficient. And I could go on and on. And the traits that are God's alone, we tend to want to put in the column of traits that are God's, but can be true of us as well. And, well, I'm, I'm not sure if you've noticed, but we're not God. Uh, it's the age-old lie, though, isn't it? That we can be just like Him. Uh, Jen Wilkin writes about Adam and Eve. In fact, if you didn't recognize that, that was a reference to them. And She says, God created them needy, that in their need they might turn to the source, capital S, source, of all that is needful, acknowledge their need, and worship. Instead, they angled for autonomy. Wow. We do that, or at least I do that, over and over Again, she goes on to say, we turn from the God worship that should have resulted from seeing our need to the self-worship of believing we, like God, are self-sufficient. That, I believe, is why we're not living in awe like our song sings about. Because somehow we think we're like God and we don't need him. Now, some of you will even shout from the rooftops, I did this on my own. I wasn't even a Christian when I raised my children as a single parent and worked two jobs and, 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 and right? If any of those thoughts or any like them leapt to your mind, please know this. And our song says it in, in similar fashion to how Jen Wil- Wilkin writes it here. But she says, he created us gladly and he loves us infinitely, but he does not need us. God is su- self-sufficient and we are not. Now, I lead with all of this to say that when we get a proper view of God, we then get a proper view of ourselves, and it's when we have a proper view of ourselves that we can offer acceptable worship to the Lord. The end of Hebrews chapter 12 is our link to our song this week. It says, Let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Somehow, in this irreverent society, we must be able to offer our worship with reverence and awe. God is not in a box of our understanding. Remember, he is incompre- incomprehensible, a God of infinite mystery. He, he seems to be at odds with himself at times because in other places in Hebrews we read that we can boldly approach his throne of grace, and here we are to temper our boldness with reverence and and awe. and even in the Lord's Prayer, we see a balance. He is our Father. You know, Scripture even describes Him in terms that might depict Him as a Daddy, an Abba Father, a deeply affectionate Abba Father. Absolutely. Approachable and accessible. Yes, He says to do it. Our Father, yes. But our Father is in heaven. And His name is hallowed above all others. You see the balance there? And so Psalm 110, uh, 111 verse 10 says it this way, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. This awe, this fear, not I'm afraid cowering in the corner, but this awe, this fear of the Lord. And our God is awesome. Our acceptable worship is with reverence and awe. I hope you didn't miss the part that said, for our God is a consuming fire. I just read that in that last verse of Hebrews 12, because we're going to use, we're going to be chasing down some cross references this week to hopefully bring a depth of clarity to this area of scripture for you and lead us to a deeper understanding and a deeper sense of awe, and maybe even just maybe putting our foot on the path to the beginning of wisdom. So I jumped in at the end of Hebrews 12, but I want to back up a little to verse 18 through the end of the chapter. Now, normally I want you to read in context, and and generally I would say that context would be the entire chapter or the chapter before and the chapter after. Of course, you can do that. It's never a bad idea. But Hebrews is packed with references that if you don't do a little deeper digging and study, if you're not super familiar with God's word, you will not understand some of these like references that the writer of Hebrews is assuming that the listener understands deeply. So this week's Bible interaction tool exercise, I call them bites, is to follow the cross reference cross references. And in addition, I have used some outside uh, resources. I used an outside resource on Hebrews just to kind of help me dig in and make sure I didn't miss anything. Uh, I'm going to link to it in the show notes, michellenezat.com forward slash 171. And then I also link to Jen Wilkins' Wilkins book, None Like Him, there as well as one of those outside resources. So let's go ahead and start in verse 18. It says, For you have not come to what may be touched, a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and a tempest and the sound of a trumpet and a voice whose words made the hearers beg that no further messages be spoken to them, for they Could not endure the order that was given. Even if a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned. Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear, but you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem and to innumerable angels in festal gathering and to the assembly of all the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven and to God, the judge of all and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect and to Jesus the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Let me simplify this a little for you. If you're kind of thinking, huh, you have not come to Mount Sinai, but you have come to Mount Zion. Mount Sinai, those first few verses about the gloom and the fire and the trumpet and all that, that's what he is describing what was described in Exodus chapters 19 and 20 at Mount Sinai. Let's and Mount Zion is um, is the New Jerusalem. So let's look at these two mountains of, of God's presence. Okay, Mount Sinai was the mountain that God's presence de- uh, descended upon when He gave Moses and the newly freed Hebrew slaves, His chosen people, the people of Israel. This is when He gave them the law. We don't have time to read it here together today, but I promise you, you will not regret taking the time to read Exodus chapters 19 and 20, because when you read it fully and then come back to Hebrews, you're going to understand a lot better. And even if you've read it before, go back and read it again, because sometimes when you're reading it in this kind of context and you're specifically reading it for the specific references and back and forth, it, it it gets into you a little bit better. There's this great speech by Moses in Deuteronomy 4 where he recaps, you know, much like the author of Hebrews recapped in chapter 12. And he says, Take care and keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart all of the days of your life. Make them known to your children and your children's children how on the day that you stood before the Lord your God at Horeb, The Lord said to me, Gather the people to me, that I may let them hear my words. By the way, the same place, Mount Sinai, that they may learn to fear me all the days that they live on the earth, and that they may teach their children so. And you came near and stood at the foot of the mountain, while the mountain burned with fire to the heart of heaven, wrapped in darkness, cloud, and gloom. Then the Lord spoke to you out of the midst of the fire. You heard the sound of the words, but saw no form, there was only a voice. And he declared to to you his covenant which he commanded you to perform that is the 10 commandments and he wrote them on two tablets of stone and the lord commanded me at that time to teach you statutes and rules that you might do them in the land that you are going over to possess so this is like this recap in Deuteronomy there of that experience kind of sounds a lot like what the author of Hebrews mentioned when he was teaching now the experience was terrifying for the people of Israel. It was solemn and terrifying all at the same time. This this giving of the law to this infant nation. Just like we do with children, God kept it simple. Reward and punishment. That's Mount Sin- Sinai. But what about Mount Zion? Well, Mount Sinai was the old covenant and Mount Zion is the new. And you'll read about Mount Zion in the Old Testament. Mount Zion is the city of God. It's loved by God. It is Jerusalem. But the Mount Zion referenced here in Hebrews is not the city of Jerusalem that currently exists in the country of Israel, but the city that the prophets of old look forward to the new Jerusalem, part of the new covenant. When Christ takes his throne forever in Psalm chapter two, God declares, as for me, I have set my king, capital K on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son today. I have begotten you ask of me and I will make the nations, your heritage and the ends of the earth, your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Who is this capital K king on Zion? Jesus. Psalm one ten says The Lord says to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. The Lord will extend your mighty scepter from Zion, saying, Rule in the midst of your enemies. Um This uh, goes on to say, Your troops will be willing on your day of battle, arrayed in holy splendor, for your young men will come to you like dew from the morning's womb. The Lord has has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. There's other places in Scripture in Hebrews, in fact, that links this back to Jesus. These are all references to Jesus and his eternal reign. So when we get back to Hebrews chapter 12 and read about... Mount Sinai, and read about Mount Zion as we had read, then we can remember, we can understand better that we have not come to Mount Sinai, the old covenant, but we've come to Mount Zion, the new covenant. So once you kind of understand that, and it's kind of heady, it's a little bit, you know, academic in nature, sort of, but then, then here comes the application, verse 25, What comes right after this knowledge that you've not come to Mount Sinai, but you have come to Mount Zion. And once you do that research, you're going to understand it a lot better. It says, see that you do not refuse him who is speaking. For if they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, much less will we escape if we reject him who warns from heaven. I want to show you a picture of what it looks like when we refuse him who is speaking. It says, see to it In fact, this is where I thought we were going to go sit this week, and then I felt led to go to Hebrews, but lo and behold, here we are back in Jeremiah chapter 5, which is where I had kind of started when I began um, uh, preparing this week. So just listen. It's going to be hard to hear it, but we must. It says in verse 20, Declare this in the house of Jacob, proclaim it in Judah. Hear this, O foolish and senseless people, who have eyes but see not, who have ears but hear not. You do not. Do you not fear me, declares the Lord? Do you not tremble before me? I placed the sand as the boundary for the sea. A perpetual barrier that it cannot pass, though the waves toss, they cannot prevail, though they roar, they cannot pass over it. But this people has a stubborn and rebellious heart. They have turned aside and gone away. They do not say in their hearts, let us fear the Lord our God. And the New Living Translation says, let us live in awe of the Lord our God who gives the rain in its season, the autumn rain and the spring rain, and keeps for us the weeks appointed for the harvest. Your iniquities have turned these away and your sins have kept good from you. Do you not fear me, God is asking? Do you not tremble before me? Have we become so irreverent and irreverential and unhallowed that we have lost our ability to stand in awe of the Lord and to fear him? Is that so? Then we will never obtain the wisdom we seek. For the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And God concludes that it is our sins that have kept kept good from us. You see, it's the fear of the Lord that will keep us from sinning. Let's go back to Mount Sinai for a moment, shall we? And In Exodus, it says, When the people heard the thunder and the loud blast of the ram's horn, and when they saw the flashes of lightning and the smoke billowing from the mountain, they stood at a distance, trembling with fear. And they said to Moses, You speak for us, and we will listen, but don't let God speak directly to us, or we will die. Don't be afraid, Moses answered them, for God has come in this way to test you so that your fear of him, your awe of him will keep you from sinning. As the people stood in the distance, Moses approached the dark cloud where God was. You see, God has come this way, this forceful and terrifying and powerful way to test you so that your fear of him will keep you from sinning. Our very reverence and awe of this holy, holy, Holy God keeps us from sinning. It leads us to repentance and a clear view of our inadequacies in the midst of His completeness. Once again, our acceptable worship of God is with reverence and awe, just like in Jeremiah's time. We don't live in awe. We think we're self-sufficient. And in doing so, we think ourselves God. But our fear of Him will keep us from sinning and lead us to repentance Did you catch it in our song? You You know where I've been. Can't move so close to you. I'm see-through. I'm fully known by you, God. Not innocent like him. Oh, not like him at all. Oh, God, I'm sorry. The clearer we see, God. The clearer we see ourselves, and thus the proper response is repentance and worship with reverence and awe. So, what's next? Well, I know it may feel like we're jumping around. We've been jumping around a bit, but it's doable if you just give it a try. So, read Hebrews chapter twelve, focus in on verses eighteen through twenty-nine, then go and discover Mount Sinai in Exodus nineteen and twenty, and then take a peek at Mount Zion in Psalm two and one and uh, Psalm one ten. Go back to Hebrews 12, 25, and let it launch you to Jeremiah 5, where we see what it looks like to refuse him who is speaking. And then back to Exodus 20, where we see the first step on that path to wisdom, that path that we set our foot on by fearing God, the path that leads next to repentance. And it's all right there in scripture, and it's simply and beautifully portrayed in our song this week. So you can put it on repeat and let it really help all that you're studying sink in. And then while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, Michelle at Michelle dot com, hop on Twitter at Michelle or Facebook Michelle L Nizat. Let's talk about what you're learning. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank the premier Christian music streaming service, Overflow.com, for pointing their subscribers to this podcast, but more importantly, pointing them to God's word through music. And when you subscribe to their trial, you will receive a 10-day series of devotions I wrote based on some of my most popular podcast episodes. So I encourage you to check them out at TheOverflow.com. I also want to thank my newest subscribers to my website, Ileana from somewhere in the U.S., Crystal from California, Becky from Ohio, Wendy from Michigan, Beth from somewhere in the U.S., Hilda from Texas, and Robin from Washington. Welcome. Now, new subscribers to my website will benefit from an email that I send once a week, and in that email, you'll get a weekly Memory Verse resource to display on your smartphone, tablet, desktop, or you can print it out. You'll also get an email recap of the week's episode and instant access to any of the extra resources that I create from time to time for my episodes and all of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening so head over to michellekneezat.com to subscribe today and then don't miss an episode of my podcast by subscribing in iTunes and while you're there leave me a written review and a star rating it really encourages me obviously but it helps me stay visible to new listeners as well and as always if you take the time to review my podcast I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will use the song Do It Again by Elevation Worship. If you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michelleknizat.com forward slash 171. And while you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.